Hello, I'm Evan Knappen, and welcome to Gun Lawyer. So, the gun owner gulag bill has raised its ugly head again in New Jersey. This is the most, in my opinion, the most serious threat currently facing gun owners in New Jersey. Although there's plenty of threats, this bill is absolutely beyond bounds here. Now, we talked before about the gun owner gulag bill, and that's when it was in the House, and it had been put forward, and a lot of uh, uh, pressure was put, and it got killed so that it didn't come back until now in the Senate. It's back, and it's back in the most sneaky and disgusting legislative approach, and I'm going to explain it because this is their trick. They they are doing this because they know that most folks wouldn't understand this bill and wouldn't understand, and I'm sure they're even going to attempt to fool and mislead other legislators into how this bill works. But I'm telling you, this is serious stuff. It makes gun owners the equivalent of murder, murderers under the law and treated as such just for simple, simple gun possession. And I'm talking simple possession on a handgun, on a rifle, a shotgun. Uh, oh, and a dreaded assault firearm, you know. any Anything that's what is categorized as Graves Act offense. In New Jersey, a Graves Act means there's a minimum mandatory period of parole ineligibility. And over the years, every simple gun offense has been turned into a Graves Act offense where there is minimum mandatory time so that if you're convicted, you face draconian minimum sentences. So that's always been bad enough. So, for example, in New Jersey, if you're charged with unlawful possession of a handgun, which can very easily happen, folks, and I'm talking about a gun that's even cased, unloaded in your vehicle, you're going to the range, and you get stopped, and the officer says, well, I don't know if you're going to the range, and it's up to you to prove it and arrest you. And then you're left to have to prove that you were going to the range and had your gun proper, which is actually how the law works in Jersey, by the way. You're facing 10 years in state's prison and a minimum three and a half years, no chance of parole if you get convicted of that offense. Every time you hear about anybody being arrested for possession of a handgun, they are facing Graves Act offense. Same with possession of rifle or shotgun. It's so easy to have a technical problem. And what this new gulag bill does is it takes the bail reform law and makes it so that gun owner that gets charged gets held 
in jail until the matter is adjudicated, meaning until the matter either goes to trial, which can be years, or if somebody pleads guilty to it, or somehow some motion forces a dismissal, you have not been proven guilty of anything. But it doesn't matter, because you will sit for days and days and weeks and weeks and months and months and years until your matter is finally adjudicated. And let's say you do all that, you know you're righteous, you know you're 100% in the law, but you're being held this whole time in jail. And then you win because you were right, and the jury finds you not guilty. Well, that's great, except for all the time that you were locked up pending your matter. You're not compensated for that. You, know, you, you can't, there's nothing you can do except stay imprisoned until you finally vindicate yourself. It is disgusting. And this draconian severity is put into the reform bill here, the bail reform bill, in the section that applies to murderers. I'm going to explain to you how this works legally, because nobody really has taken the time to actually spell it out. Now, what you've heard maybe already and seen is true, like our state association put out a great news release now about this current threat, and it's S-513, Senate Bill 513. Now, there was a hearing today for this bill where they were going to push it and get it through. But luckily, because they don't give us much time at all to deal with this, by the time we learn about it, it's already getting scheduled. Luckily, this alert went out. And at the current moment, the bill that I'm going to explain to you in a minute, that bill has been held. Right now, today, the bill was held in committee. Now, what it means is there's no action taken at this time. When the bill's held, it doesn't mean that we won. It doesn't mean that it was defeated. It just means it's in a holding pattern. It can be brought back at any time, and I expect that it will be. This is why we have to stay on this vigilantly. It is extremely important. And the reason for the holding of the bill is not expressed, but I personally believe it's because of all the outcry from gun owners that made them at least take this action, but this threat is still is still there. And this this bill uh, is sponsored, and you want to know the name of the sponsor. This bill is sponsored by Joseph Cryan, who's District 20 in Union, former uh, sheriff and, of course, a Democrat and there's your combo right there, you know. And what they're, what he's doing in this bill is just unbelievable. The, the, the bill itself, 
even as it's structured right at the moment, the bill is something that is difficult to understand unless you understand how bail reform works in New Jersey. So I want to explain that to you. And the risk here is so great because there's so many minor infractions that can get somebody tripped up as an honest citizen. And you know, I've been practicing gun law in New Jersey for 35 years and and I've seen the cases, you know, the cases that I've had where honest citizens are charged. And any one of those cases that I've had in the past, if this bill becomes law, will be holding every one of those people until the matter gets tried or adjudicated. We're talking about folks that, you know, transport guns, just stopping for food or fuel or going to the bathroom or medical treatment on the way to the range or transporting, you know, firearms back and forth from one's place of business or to the gun store, hunting, fishing, target shooting, trapping, you know, widows or widowers turning in guns to the police or their deceased spouses. Remember, this includes antique and black powder firearms as well. And, and even though these things are, are even exemption for how you're supposed to be able to lawfully possess, those exemptions are a defense, and you can be forced to defend yourself. So when New Jersey now has this bail reform, what bail reform does is it got rid of the traditional bails that existed, where if you got arrested, we'd get a judge to set a bail, and then we'd get a bondsman, or if you could put up the money yourself, and we'd get you out, and you'd be out pending your legal matter, and you'd be free until such time as uh, if you were ever to become uh, found guilty of the offense and sentenced to imprisonment. And as long as you showed up, you remained uh, unincarcerated. But what bail reform did was set up a system that essentially eliminated bails as we know them. And instead, you're either going to end up with a release on your own recognizance or some type of a release, maybe with conditions that you have to report or something like that, or you're going to just be held. And that's what's called a pretrial detention. And this detention is what the state gets to move for. So when you're charged with an offense, if it's done on a warrant, which all the gun charges, most of the time, they're, they're going to be done on that warrant, then the prosecutors get a chance to evaluate the case and see if they want to move to hold you, to detain you pending your adjudication. And instead of it being solely based on the traditional factors of flight risk, you know, whether because bail essentially was supposed to be to ensure that you come back for your court dates. They're now able to look at this danger to public idea, this concept, even though you haven't been convicted of anything. And in so doing, this is where the underpinnings for this idea of pretrial detention to take 
people that are charged with crimes and hold them even when they haven't been found guilty of anything and incarcerate them and hold them pending the charge based on some risk assessment to society and then also looking at their their flight risk and this is the heart of the problem so already gun owners have had problems here because they're charged with offenses of which every gun offense in Jersey is felony level even though Jersey doesn't call them felonies they call them crimes and now you faced with this uh, you're faced with this pretrial detention issue where you're held for first a couple days for the risk assessment to be made and if the prosecutor wants to hold you then it can be another five days where you're going to have a hearing on whether you're going to be held for the rest of the time until your matter gets adjudicated so you're being incarcerated right out of the bat for at least a couple days and then held for possibly another five days and then possibly years and this is without any finding of guilt of anything this is in complete contradiction to the presumption of innocence <laughs> what a joke you're going to be held and now they want to enhance this enhance this by making gun owners the equivalent of murderers and i'm going to explain to you the technique and how this bill attempts to accomplish this in such a sneaky, disgusting way. And I'm going to explain that to you when we come back from the break. For over 30 years, attorney Evan Knappen has seen what rotten laws do to good people. That's why he's dedicated his life to fighting for the rights of America's gun owners. A fearsome courtroom litigator fighting for rights, justice, and freedom. An unrelenting gun rights spokesman, tearing away at anti-gun propaganda to expose the truth. Author of six best-selling books on gun rights, including Knappen on Gun Law, a bright orange gun law bible that sits atop the desk of virtually every lawyer, police chief, firearms dealer, and savvy gun owner. That's what made Evan Knappen America's gun lawyer. Gun laws are designed to make you a criminal. Don't become the innocent victim of a vicious anti-gun legal system. This is the guy you want on your side. Keep his name and number in your wallet and hope you never have to use it. But if you live, work, or travel with a firearm, the deck is already stacked against you. You can find him on the web at evannappen.com or follow the link on the Gun Lawyer resource page. Evan Knappen, America's Gun Lawyer. You're listening to Gun Lawyer with attorney Evan Knappen. Available wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I am a lawyer. I am a lawyer. Before I get to this explanation that I know you're all eager to hear, I want to thank you for being loyal listeners of Gun Lawyer. It gives me the chance to actually talk about these things, to explain to have a moment where it's not just sound bites, but actually explain to folks the nefarious and disgusting things that our legislators are trying to do to you and me and our Second Amendment rights. 
And um, when you know and have this knowledge, it makes a big difference. And when you pay attention to these alerts and take action, it makes a big difference. And that's why this bill is currently being held. Now, it's still a threat, and we've got to kill it. And that's why a better understanding is that important. So how are they doing it? Well, here's what the law says. And this is actually the current law says as follows. When a motion for pretrial detention is filed, and I'm going to skip pursuant to this. So this is the pretrial detention that the prosecutor files. There is a rebuttable presumption. So it's going to be presumed that the eligible defendant shall be detained pending trial because no amount of monetary bail, non-monetary condition, or combination of monetary bail and conditions would reasonably assure that the defendant's appearance in court when required, the protection of the safety of any other person or the community. So... The presumption here is just that, that you're going to be detained because the declaration is there's no bail that could make you assured of coming back, which was a traditional bail purpose, and that the safety and protection of any other person or the community, safety of the community. Oh, in other words, what every anti-gunner says a gun owner is, a danger to the community. Guns are a danger to the community. And what are they doing about this? Well, they're putting it into this bill, in this section, where the original party, which still is there, the original persons that they said, hey, there's no way there should be any bail with a presumption against granting it, are those who have committed murder. So that's number one. If you committed murder, you're not, you're presumed to be unsafe, a danger, and no bail is uh, right for you. Okay. I can somewhat understand why that's uh, there, especially if someone's a murderer. And then the second one that was already in the law was the person committed a crime for which the defendant would be subject to an ordinary or extended term of life imprisonment. All right, I get it. If a defendant's facing life imprisonment, there may be more temptation for them to flee and arguably be desperate and a danger to society. So maybe that's okay, whatever. But the third section, which is the new section, that's the part that gets me and you. Because what the original bill did, the original bill, now this is an amended Senate bill, the original bill just said anybody charged with a Graves Act firearm offense gets put on this same list with murderers and those facing life in prison. And after the hue and cry from gun owners 
They put an amended bill forward now. And here's what the amended bill says. It says, when a motion for pretrial detention is filed, pursuant to this section, a pretrial services recommended recommendation of no release is prima facie evidence to overcome the presumption of being released as long as the court finds probable cause that defendant committed the any crime for which it would be a Graves Act offense. So in other words, the change is, hey, there's going to be that pretrial services recommendation of either release or no release, and that's based on the risk assessment that they do. And the risk assessment is a scale one to five as to your flight risk and your danger risk. And reading that, as I read this paragraph right at the beginning of the bill, I'm thinking, well, it's still not good. But at least now it may in fact distinguish between law-abiding citizens that make an honest mistake and real dangerous criminals because the pretrial assessment and the recommendation of no release would have to be based on that assessment. And a law-abiding citizen may have this very serious gun offense because New Jersey makes all their gun offenses so serious, but at least all the other criteria that they're going to look at when they make their evaluation will be fine for a law-abiding citizen, whereas a criminal with you know a rap sheet, a record, a danger, and violence, and everything else, okay, they're going to get the bad assessment, and they're going to get a no-release recommendation as opposed to a release recommendation. And I'm thinking, okay, this is better than the old bill which just had a blanket, hey, if you have a Graves Act offense, you are there with murderers and life sentence defendants because now at least there's a risk assessment that has to get done, and that should separate, at least help to separate and give us a basis to argue to get you out as a law-abiding citizen, right? Sounds good. It's better. It's still something I wish wasn't happening, but hey, you know, this might be at least uh, livable and make it so that law-abiding citizens have a chance of being released and treated fairly. Well, folks, so much for that belief because... If you go down through the bill, down one, two, three, four, all these sections down to the final absolute end, the absolute end of the bill, six, all the way, all the way, all the way down, you will find the following ending paragraph that is added law hidden as far away from the paragraph I just read you as they could possibly put it and here's what it says under F 
The release recommendation of the pretrial services program obtained using a risk assessment under Section 11, blah, blah, blah. That paragraph right there precedes what I'm going to read you next. That paragraph spells out that there's to be that risk recommendation, right, as part of the things, and the judge is going to be considering it. And here is the award-winning, sneaky, disgusting language of the very final paragraph. Pre-trial services shall recommend no release where a defendant has been charged with any crime for which the eligible defendant would be subject to a mandatory Graves Act involving the use or possession of a firearm. So there you have it, folks. At the very end of the bill, there's a mandate on the pre-services evaluation folks to require a no-release recommendation on every Graves Act firearms offense. It thereby nullifies completely the first paragraph I read you that actually seemed reasonable because it ties the hands of pretrial services mandating a no-release recommendation on anyone charged with a firearm offense in New Jersey, regardless of whether you're an honest, law-abiding citizen who either made an honest mistake or has to prove their innocence by way of exemptions versus truly bad people committing bad acts in their use and possession of firearms. No distinguishing anymore. So we're back to the original problem, only done this time in a way to conceal how it works. And I'm spreading the light of truth on it. And you can pull this bill yourself. You can go to S513 right online and you can see what it says and the added language at the beginning and then the added language tucked in ever so sneakily at the very end that completely eviscerates and guts any reasonableness that one might read from the first paragraph. Yeah, that is how Mr. Cryon's bill is written. And now you know the effect that it will have and why it must be stopped. This is a huge threat. It'll mean imprisonment for gun owner after gun owner after gun owner without the due process of a presumption of innocence and even a presumption of non-imprisonment of non goes away on gun owners. It's a direct attack. See it for what it is. We have to remain vigilant and fight this as vigorously as we have fought any other political legislative battle. Uh, it is 
extremely serious. And I can tell you, having worked in this area as an attorney, I see the incredible damage, the incredible effect this is going to have, ruining law-abiding gun owners, their families, their careers, their hopes and dreams, as you are locked away for months and or years without a finding of guilt, unable to work, unable to provide for your family, unable to do any of those things, get convicted of nothing. Is that America? Is that what you thought America was? Because that isn't what I thought America was. But that's what this bill does. This is Evan Knappen reminding you that gun laws don't protect honest citizens from criminals. They protect criminals from honest citizens. Gun Lawyer is a Counterthink Media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. Reach us by emailing evan at gun.lawyer. The information and opinions in this broadcast do not constitute legal advice. Consult a licensed attorney in your state.